Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about how lives are changed. And if that's you, let us know and send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. These five people behind me have been handpicked by Pastor Andrew um, to communicate to you this morning because we believe that you should hear from a variety of voices. We also believe that these guys are leading at a very high level within our church and that they have been given the topic, my one prayer. We all have a prayer that we say repeatedly, uh, whether it's a prayer for someone to come to know Christ or even a different prayer, you're gonna get to hear their prayer today. And I think they're really opening up and being vulnerable this morning with you. And so what you can do to help them is really lean in. I said this earlier, and I don't know if they still feel this way, but they probably this morning got up thinking, I either wanna throw up or I can't move my arms at all because they'll see how nervous I am. But now that it's the, the second time around, they're like, we got this. They're ready to have fun with you. And so lean in, encourage them, laugh at their jokes, um, amen if something's speaking to you, because they really are opening up their hearts and sharing with you this morning. And we are so happy that they are doing that. And I know from listening to all of these that God has a word for each of you this morning, a very specific word for all of you. So before they come up, I'm gonna pray and then we are gonna get this kicked off. So will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you that we get to have fun in church, Lord, that it's exciting and energizing to come to church, Lord. And not only that, we get to spend time with you, God, that you meet us where we're at, whether we came in with a happy heart or a heavy spirit, Lord, you know exactly where we're at and you're gonna change us, God. I pray right now for these communicators that as they are preparing to, to bring what you have placed on their heart, that you would help them, that they'd be clear, Lord, that they'd be bold in their speech, that they know exactly what they need to say and that if they're not supposed to say it, Lord, they just leave it out. And God, I pray that you would be with each of us that are listening, Lord. Speak that one fresh word to us this morning, and may we leave changed because we had time with you this morning, Jesus. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Morning, Velocity. How you doing? I'm GW. Uh, my wife, Kathy, and I have been here at Velocity for about a year and a half, and uh, you get to see her on platform doing announcements sometimes, so I'm super pumped to be able to be down here and share with you this morning. My one prayer is that we would make room. You know, about three years ago, I became really restless with the job that I had, and uh, I probably wasn't the best employee. I was always ready to go home. I lived for the weekend, and I just didn't feel like I was living up to everything that God had for me in this job. And so I really began to think about what would it look like to be somewhere else? And my wife really strongly encouraged me, why don't you quit that job and start your own company? And it, it was at that moment that I realized that she didn't marry me for my money, right? <laughs> So, so we decided we're going to do this, and we told God, okay, we're going to go for a year, and if you don't show up, this won't work out, God. And so, so we, we stepped out in faith. We took a year and started the company. It worked. It grew. And a year later, it, it was going to be okay. Everything was going to work fine. And then Kathy started feeling the same restlessness at her job that I had felt at mine. And so, you know, we're starting to think and pray about what might be next for her, what she might do. And uh, we started looking for other jobs, you know, because you don't want to quit your job until you know what you're going to do next, right? 
And finally, we realized that we were on uh, what I call the Abraham plan. Do you know about the Abraham plan? It's, it's the worst plan. You don't want the Abraham. <laughs> See, God told Abraham, go to the place that I will show you. Not, not go to the place that I have shown you already. Go to the place that I will show you. So a lot of times in our lives, we get to see the destination after we begin the journey, right? So that, that was the plan we were on. So we decided, all right, we're gonna, you're going to quit your job, and we're going to see what God has for us. So shortly after Kathy left her job, God placed this burden on her heart to open a coffee shop in Eudora, where we live, to create an environment where people could gather and be in community and relationship with one another. And about that same time, we found Velocity Church, and everybody was talking about next steps and leveling up and forever forward, and we're like, man, that is really the place that we're supposed to be to continue to grow and to serve. And, uh, you know, just looking back three years ago, there's no way we could have done gone from where we are now, from where we were there to now, where we are now, if we had not created space for God to show up in our lives. There's a story I love in the Old Testament. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. And um, the prophet Elisha is on this journey, and a widow comes up to him, and she says, I need your help. Um, My husband died. His creditors have come, and they're trying to take my two children away from me. So, you know, that's the first lesson is, get out of debt and get you some life insurance, okay? (laughs) But Elisha responds to the woman with a question. He says, well, tell me, what do you have? I think that's pretty profound because in our lives, it's the same, that God likes to use what we have already to facilitate his plan in our lives, right? Okay, so even when what you have is small, don't think too little of it because God can use it. So the the widow says to him, all I have is a small jar of olive oil. And he says, okay, go to your friends and your neighbors, gather as many jars as you can, and pour the oil into the jars. Come back and see me. So the widow's obedient. She goes, she gathers the jars, alone in a a small room just with her two sons. She begins to pour the olive oil, and she fills up one jar after another, after another, after another, until she turns to her son and says, hand me another jar. And he says, Mom, that was the last one. And immediately, the oil stopped flowing. Because see, when we run out of space in our lives for what God wants to do, the blessing is over. So you want to be sure, if you're asking God to do something in your life, that you're creating space for God to do something. So the widow goes back to Elisha, and she tells him what happened. And he says, okay, go and sell sell the oil, pay off your debt, you and your sons can live on what's, re- what's left. I've just always thought, if she had only known what God was getting ready to do, I know she would have gathered more containers. I know that she could have done more in her life. I think about what she could have done for other widows and orphans in her community because of the blessing that God poured out on her life. She could have blessed not just her life, but all of those around her if she had made a little bit more room for God. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do above and beyond anything that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Our job is to make room. Thank you. Awesome. Good morning, Velocity. My name is Shar, and my one prayer is to let the light shine. So a little bit into my world, 
um, two things about me is I talk really fast. I probably talk as fast as I move. And my beautiful mom who's over there told me, she was like, when you go up there, slow down. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, mom. <laughs> but um, another thing that you should know is that whenever I come into a room, I like, it's lit. Like I am the light of the room. Like I'm, life of the party is right here. Um, so uh, I'm gonna take you back maybe about like nine, 10 months ago. Um, it was the beginning of the semester, and um, I was so excited that, like, new semester vibes, new year, new me, even though it's August. Um, <laughs> um, but I was, like, straight A's, like, 4.0, like, we got it, uh, right? <laughs> um, but then um, I was, like, getting ready to go out with some friends, and it's going to be lit. Haven't seen them in three months. Um, and they are just like, hey, Char, um, uh, are you alone? Are you, like, with some friends? I was like, oh yeah, like I'm about to go out, like it's gonna be lit. And they're just like, okay, well, um, I'm gonna need you to like prepare yourself because like I have some heavy news for you. I was like, okay. Um, I knew it was gonna be heavy, so I prepared myself. Um, and they told me, they got on the phone, it was like a group, just like four of them. Um, they were like, hey, so um, about like at 11 o'clock today, uh, Paul committed suicide. Um, we know that you're like the furthest away, but we just want to make sure to like keep you in the loop. If you want to come, like you're welcome, but we just want to let you know about this. And I was like, okay. So like, like I said, I move as quick as I talk. So I like grabbed all my bags. I like got, got in the car, um, and made my way to St. Louis. Um, it was fine. Did the whole deal, memorial service, funeral, um, said everything. Um, but my biggest fear was coming back home. See, like when I was in St. Louis, I had the comfort of my friends, the comfort of my family. Everyone was mourning, everything was good for like two weeks. But I knew that whenever I came back, I had neglected all of my responsibilities for two weeks. I gotten like texts from like, love you, velocity people, but man, persistency is. <laughs> um, like, hey, Char, like, where are you? Haven't seen you in like two weeks. I'm like, yeah, like I'm in St. Louis. Um, and they were just like, they're like, okay, well, we're ready for you to come back whenever you're ready. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but I could not get out of bed. I was laying in bed forever, and I couldn't get out of bed for my life. Um, I would pray to God every single day, like, God, help me. If you can move mountains, then you can move me out of this bed. Um, I need you to help me, like, show me a sign. Give me something. And I think that... I was laying in bed and my bed kind of like faces the window at the time and I just kept feeling the light. Like this was daylight before daylight savings at 6 a.m. light was just like coming through. And I was just like, God, like give me a sign. And every morning I'll just kind of hide under the covers, like, you know, not trying to avoid the light. And that was God speaking to me like, hey, daughter, like you told me to show you a sign. I'm allowing this is the light. This is, like, God overcomes the darkness each and every time, and I didn't want to convince myself. I was too comfortable and didn't want to be uncomfortable. And sometimes in life, I think we let God, like, we're like, oh, God, like, whenever it's ready for me, when it's convenient for me. But God, it's like, it's never going to be convenient for you, so I'm going to push you. I'm going to move you into what I want you to be. And sometimes that the hardest, because I let my fear unfold in front of my face, and sometimes we just need to take that first step of faith and just keep moving. And I just allowed God, I opened up those curtains and I said, God, 
let the light shine through. Let the light come inside of me and be, and I, so I can be everything that you planned for me to be. So my one prayer to you guys is to let the light shine. Good morning, Velocity. My name's Connor, and I serve on the production team. Most weeks during service, I try to be like Batman, and I hide in the shadows. <laughs> and I'm definitely way more comfortable on the other end of a microphone. Uh, to some of you, the thought of speaking in church is something that you would never do, and that's exactly where I was. If a year ago you had told me that I'd be here on a Sunday morning speaking during service, there's a pretty good chance I would have laughed at you. And while this wasn't my goal, I just started with small steps of faith. I stepped out of my comfort zone and trusted God in the process. Uh, and that's what landed me here today. And I want to thank our pastors for giving me this privilege. Um, you see, I had, I had put a lid on what I thought God was capable of. Um, and so my one prayer is that you don't underestimate God. In Colossians 3.17, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I moved to Kansas about four years ago, uh, right after I graduated from college to start my career. I moved away from home, uh, from my family, from my friends. Um, and looking back, I can see how God paved the path for where I am today. Uh, when I was in high school, I developed a passion for science, which led to me pursuing a degree and ultimately a career in a highly analytical scientific field. Um, now, scientists are commonly not perceived as having strong faith, but that hasn't been my personal experience. I've found that the more that I study chemistry, physics, biology, any other scientific field, uh, that it points less at coincidence and more at a creator. Uh, so, so while that's been my personal experience, uh, expressing your faith in a scientific field is not always easy. When I started my job about four years ago, I was in a small section with just a few people. Uh, like I mentioned, I was away from home, family, friends, anything familiar. Um, but fortunately, I had a coworker that was in a pretty similar place. At work, we started to talk over lunch or about the assignments that we were working on, and we soon found ourselves spending time together outside of work, where we got to talk about things that were a little deeper, like our family, our friends, uh, what our college experience was, and how we ultimately ended up in Kansas. Eventually, I brought up my faith. And he wasn't a believer. And when I mentioned church, he mentioned that he'd only been to church less than a handful of times in his life, and it was mostly just to appease his grandmother. <laughs> this conversation stuck with me. Uh, and I began to pray about how to show him my faith in a non-threatening way. Uh, you know, when I moved here, I had prayed that God place me in a community and he moved in a big way. I, I got involved in Velocity, joined a team, and I had a ton of great things to talk about. But that didn't always mean it was easy because I felt silly sharing my faith with someone who seemed so opposed to the idea. So God at the Movies was coming up, and I hadn't experienced it before. I'd heard great things, but I knew that he was a big movie buff. So I began to pray about the best way to invite him. There was a Saturday that we were hanging out, probably talking about nothing in particular, and out of nowhere, he mentions that he and his girlfriend had been thinking about going to church. This caught me totally off guard. I had prayed about the best way to invite him, but wasn't expecting God to provide like this. Um, a few weeks later, they showed up. 
after I had fumbled through the invitation, pretty sure I forgot to mention service times even. <laughs> but they came, and they didn't come just once. They continued to come, and over time they got more involved. Wow. And both of them have since given their lives to Christ. And it's been incredible to walk alongside them and not only see the changes that are happening in their lives, but in the lives of people around them. So I had put a lid on what I thought God was capable of and what I thought he could use me for. So my one prayer is that you don't underestimate God because he can and he will use even the smallest opportunities in your life for an eternal impact. So whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Ember, and my one prayer is that we would embrace our now. When I first moved to Kansas to start graduate school, I bought into the yes lifestyle. I said yes to any and every opportunity I saw a glimmer of good in. This was great because it got me settled. I met people, and I really uh, got to see what God had planned for me. But uh, as this process progressed, I packed so much into my life that I was constantly running from school to the next commitment, to an event, to being with friends. And I started to be so busy that I really felt disconnected. I felt like I was watching my life from the outside. And through this time, God uh, brought me face to face with some really difficult stuff. A lot of stuff that was out of my control, but was really hard. And instead of running to God, I continued running from thing to, my, to the next commitment. And I really, um, it was my escape. I didn't have to feel the pain or the hurt or ask the hard questions. I just had to show up to the next thing that I had committed to. And what God started to show me um, through this time is that he was also calling me to stay for my PhD here in Lawrence. And at that point, it had gotten to a stage where I didn't, I wanted to be anywhere than here. Uh, and so I said, God, you know, if this is it, if this is where you want me, something's got to change. Help me to embrace my now and connect back to the life that you have for me in Kansas in his letter to the Corinthian church, Paul encourages the church in this same way. In 1 Corinthians 7:17, 7, it says, And don't be wishing you are someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live. That's right. Live and obey and love and believe right there. And what God started to show me is that I didn't know who Ember was. So embracing where I was was impossible. I struggled a lot with self-doubt and self-criticism, and I planned a lot about what I wanted my future to look like, but I did not believe God's best for me was in the present. I thought if I could just accomplish one more thing, if I could just do more or serve in one more place, I would finally feel enough, feel worthy, and feel confident. But friends, I can tell you that genuine self-confidence and knowing who you are in Christ does not come from this world. It doesn't come from a job or a degree. It doesn't come from recognition of your hard work. For me, it came from one place, and that was sitting at the foot of the cross and letting my creator show me who he created me to be. All five foot three inches of me were created for a very special purpose, and that's to live out God's plan for me on this earth. See, when you and I stop trying to just do more and we let our creator hold us in, in the quiet long enough for him to show us who we are, 
he begins to show us the ways he wants to bring his presence to this earth through us. We were all created for a unique and special purpose, and a lot of us know that up here, but we've never sat with that long enough for it to really take root in our hearts. And when we do that, we start to live present. And when we are present to our purpose and who God has called us to be, we get to see him in the moments of our mundane, everyday lives. He shows up. He shows you people that you get to invest in. He gives you opportunities to connect with the life that he has planned for you. And he becomes present in your everyday life. You see, sometimes saying no to another opportunity can be your best yes because it allows you to say yes to being with your creator. So the next time that you are trying to run from thing to thing, I just encourage you to embrace your now, embrace who God's made you to be, and be confident in that. It allows you to cheer on the people in your life instead of being envious of what they have or wishing you are where they are. In Psalm 1-3, it says this, They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. This process has been long and hard, and it is certainly not over. But learning to be in process and letting God show me who I am has truly changed my life. He continually reminds me that healthy things grow. And when we live planted by God's design, rooted in who he's created us to be and all that he's created us, created us to be, we start to live different. We start to live for more and live for God's best in us today. So my one prayer for you and for me is simple. God, help me to embrace. So I'd invite you guys to start today. Embrace you and all that God has created you to be. Embrace your now because you can't ever get it back. I wholeheartedly believe the best is yet to come, but let's not miss the miracles he has for us today. Thank you so much. First, we want to thank Pastor Justin and Pastor Marissa for following God's vision for Velocity Church. Plus, we want to thank Pastor Andrew for giving us the opportunity and spreading his faith and his leadership and pouring into us every week. My name is Mac. My wife's name is Kirsten. She serves in Next Gen. My one prayer is move. We have four children. I have a daughter and a son. My wife has two sons. A number of years ago, Kirsten and I were enjoying a Saturday like yesterday. It was beautiful. We had been working out in the yard all day, but we had dinner plans. So I had only been out of the shower a few minutes when the phone rang, and my son-in-law calls me up to tell me there was a horrible accident, and my daughter was in the emergency room. We arrived at the emergency room to find my daughter laid in a bed, unable to move her feet, her arms, or have any feeling below her neck. She had dove into a shallow pond and crushed two vertebrae in the back of her neck. I had no idea what to do as a father. So I asked my daughter, Amy, if Kirsten and I could pray for her. And she said, yes, please. But I have to tell you about my two children. They are professed atheists. I have no idea what caused them to lose their faith, but I have never attended church with my adult children, either on my birthday or Father's Day. I've sat in the seats and waited for them to show up because I knew Kirsten had invited them. 
So my one prayer has always been for my children to join me, but I don't know what that looks like. But I know that God is going to do it. Now, I had expected God to move before I moved towards him. I wanted to see him do a miracle so I could believe in him before he believed in me. The problem is we all expect God to move first, but I'm saying you need to move first. I guess I just wanted to see what he'd do. Well, we prayed for Amy, a non-believer, and got a witness to see God move that day. Within an hour, she had movement in her arms and her legs and a pinprick in her legs she could feel. That was a turning point in my belief in God. Later that same day, we moved Amy to her own room. We got to see God work again, and she started resting comfortably. The next day, we went to church, prayed for healing for my daughter, and after church, I received another phone call from my son-in-law that Amy was in intense pain. So I drove to the hospital, and I asked her, may I pray for you? And she said, yes, please. So I prayed for her in the hospital in a room that was completely dark because even the light hurt her. I could feel God begin to move, and she started resting comfortably. So God showed up again. We have to trust God will be there always when we need him. But the prayer isn't about us. It's about him. It's about trust in him that will build our faith. And then our faith builds trust with him. I want to challenge you to move before God does. Because when we move, God will move. God will show up. It has been said that you can be in church, but are you all in church? You need to be all in for Christ Jesus. That means you surrender to him. When we show up, God will show up. But we have to move first. Now, you might be wondering what happened to Amy. Amy checked out of the hospital on Monday morning after the accident, walked out on her own power, sporting... Thank you. She was sporting a vest that supported her back, but with very little pain and a full recovery in her future. The last time I actually spoke with my daughter about the accident was Tuesday morning. She called me and I said, how are you feeling? She said, I feel fine. I said, no pain? And she said, no, but I can't sleep. I said, what do you mean you can't sleep? She says, why me, Dad? Why me? I said, why, what do you mean? She says, why am I not paralyzed? The doctor said I should have been paralyzed. I said, well, God has another plan for you, and it doesn't involve you being paralyzed. She says, but I don't believe in him. I said, but he believes in you. So my one prayer for her God turned in a prayer for me that I needed to move. I needed to take that step. I needed to watch God move. So my prayer is move. So move today so you can see God move in your life. Take that first step because God will bless you beyond your imagination. Thank you and God bless.
Thank you, everyone, for sharing your one prayer. And um, Mac, I mean, just take us home, right? I do want to say um, you never know the power that a one prayer has. Connor, who shared his story, what you don't know is the friend he talked about shared his today at West. And it's only been a year process. You don't know the power that an invite has, the power that sharing your, your story with someone has. Someone in your life may be waiting to, to meet God, to know about God, and you just being willing to obey, to move. You have the, different, you have the possibility to make a difference, an eternal difference for someone.